and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here to hear news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred. At this very second, I'm actually hanging out in Missouri for the National Audio Theater Festival, but through the magic of the interweb, our show continues on unabated, and I'm really excited to introduce today's guest. In last week's show, we heard the story of a group of comedians who found themselves performing in a backwoods town that's just killer on the talent. It was a work-off volume two of the After Hell series by Olean Productions, another great West Coast audio drama group, and today we're joined on the phone by the show's creator, writer, and director, Joe Medina. Hey, Joe, how are you doing? Good. Uh, thanks for having me, uh, having me on. It's great. And you are, uh, are you out of uh, Portland, Oregon as well? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we are. Um, you know, just, we're, you know, just surrounded by all sorts of guys like us. Yeah, because we were actually just, um, our last set of interviews, we had the Dry Smoke and Whispers guys, who also had said they had a relationship with their Wilmette Radio Workshop. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we, we, we met them, we, we work with them quite often, and uh, we work with the Wilmette Radio Workshop too, so we're all just sort of palsy-walsy and, and helping each other do crazy things. <laughs> Great, sounds fun. So uh, how did uh, After Hell come about? Now, for listeners who either didn't hear the last episode or were wondering uh, the context, it's not just one isolated episode. It's actually a whole series in a story world. That's right. Um, it's basically a series of, of horror stories or dark fantasy stories set in this kind of a post-apocalyptic setting where all these characters have to deal with the same weird, surreal, nightmarish scenario. The series basically started originally uh, as um, as kind of a side project for, for a couple of fans of radio drama um, who were kind of kicking around ideas of what to do since a couple of other plants weren't, weren't working out. Um, in fact, a, a friend of mine, uh, Neil Marsh, who is with the Post Meridian radio players in Boston, sort of helped get this spark going. And he asked me, Joe, what's, you know, what, what do you want to do? What sort of stuff do you have in mind? And I basically came up with the most uncommercial concept I could think of just to see if it would scare anybody off, and it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, at least for the radio, it scared a couple of people off. But in general, um, I think the stories are, are really great. Um, I know I, I think on your blog you say something about what, you know, why do we, you know, you can't, what you can and cannot uh, show is a whole different issue. Uh, but it is, it is a great uh, story and, you know, up there with some of the most interesting things going on in horror. So uh, what was the particular... Uh, reason were you are you a big horror fan yourself or is this just something just to to see what you could go with um i'm kind of a horror fan i i, I seem to have like you know gravitated back and forth you know to it for you know, almost all my life um I, I think it's probably my catholic upbringing or something um you know but uh I, there were a couple of things you know, along these lines that I'd seen in horror fiction, but hadn't really done it quite the way I would have expected it. Um, like the Horror Writers of America used to do a series of um, sort of uh, high-concept book anthologies, you know, like Under the Fang, where uh, uh, all the stories were set in this world uh, ruled by vampires, that kind of thing. A lot of the ideas for Half Troll basically came from nightmares I've actually had uh, years ago. So there was a certain amount of, you know, personal exorcism on my part. So. And so you uh, wrote most of the episodes yourself then? Uh, uh, so far, yes. Uh, we've had uh, one um, out-of-house script, um, which uh, which you guys have actually heard. That's Dying on Stage by oh, Brian Rudd. Yeah. 
Okay, well, the other ones, uh, it, they do have, they're very consistent uh, sound-wise, though there is a, a great variety. Uh, the other ones on Volume 2 that I heard, we have actually probably the highlight of it, and I would have loved to have played this uh, for the show, was about this uh, man being chased by a group of, uh, are they like goth punk uh, who are actually killing people and drinking their blood, and then he uh, ends up in bed with a real vampire, and it becomes an even more interesting story after that. Yeah, that was yeah, that was yeah, that was a sleepless days story that um, my co-producer and 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 wife Jamie Lawson and I uh, co-scripted ourselves. So there's a, a lot of fun stuff with that. And what uh, made you made you inspire to do this work for uh, audio drama? Well, we've been uh, dabbling in audio drama off and on for a while, um, mostly uh, through uh, Doctor Who fandom, believe it or not. Um, you know, just you know, tried it because of our our love for the Doctor Who series, um, and uh, we're, we're just kind of frustrated by some of the limitations. And uh, I, I think I've always been interested in radio drama from a very early age. Um, you know, being you know fans of The Shadow and uh, a lot of the uh, superhero tie-in records that Power Records used to used to do back in the seventies. And so, uh, do you write for things other than radio as well, or is this uh, sort of your your favorite uh, outlet? Um, well, I, I I used to write all sorts of things, um, but now mostly I only have the time to uh, you know to to do work in audio, mostly because it's there's such a call for it. Once you start it, it seems like people either uh, either want tons of it right away once they hear you know just the first bite, or it takes a lot of effort to to. Um, draw people in, so uh, it, it takes up a lot of my time now. I, I used to um, do anything from you know pro short stories to you know pitching screenplays and things, and and uh, this is pretty much where I've landed. Oh, great! And so you uh, do you have a pretty good response to the series so far? Um, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, once people uh, you know understand you know, what we're doing, that it's, you know, radio drama and that radio theater isn't quite dead yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, once, once we get them over the shock that it still exists, you know, they go, oh, wow, you know, is this, you know, you know they, they, they want to know what else we're doing, yeah. you know, how, how, much, how much we have and what else is out there. And you are, uh, so you have the first volume, which was pretty much a, uh, a, a single pretty uh, horrifying uh, entrance to this world, and the second volume, which is a sort of three unrelated stories, and you're also working on a third volume now, and I think you can actually hear the podcast or a, a promo of that now. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about what that uh, new installation is going to be about? Um, yeah, um, volume, volume three, you mean? Yes, yeah. Okay, volume three is um, is actually a you know is another single story, but it covers the whole disc. It, it's it's at least an hour, um, and it's called a Bloodbath at the Giala Hotel. <laughs> Sounds fun. So is that is that uh, does that sum up uh, give a good synopsis of the story then? Um, it, it basically, yeah, that's what it is. We we wanted to to do. Um, uh, a, sort of a modern uh, mobster story, sort of, you know, The Sopranos meets Night of the Living Dead. Just, just, just the, the sheer chaos and and uh, squick factor of, you know, of a classic George Romero, you know, zombie flick. Sure. Oh, and uh, so th- that's great. So you obviously have a lot of inspirations, both uh, with radio and, and not with radio. Who uh, might you uh, name as some of them? 
Now, let me see. Um, in, in terms of radio, um, let's see, Norman Corwin, of course. Um, I think he's still doing radio to some extent and is one of the best writers, you know, in any medium. Um, um, Arch Obler, uh, who, who did uh, a, a lot of a lot of horror stuff uh, in you know, like the late 30s, 40s, um, Lights Out, I, I think is is his is his hallmark. Um, and um, let's see, CBS Mystery Theater from the 70s. So they didn't do quite so much horror, but a lot of really cool suspense stories. Um, in terms of tonal. You know, in terms of like sound quality, I, I think we're kind of inspired by um, NPR's uh, adaptations of Star Wars. You know, if you first heard them back in 1981, when 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 back when there was just the one movie, I think, um, and uh, it was sort of like it, it just kind of reminded me just what a powerful medium radio really is. That's uh, absolutely, and that's uh, you know the whole f- big huge part of the fun of it. Um, so, so going into the actual uh, production, uh, you know, the production values are very high from all the sound effects and the uh, actors and the screaming. Uh, what, you know, to what stage do you have to get at to get that level of uh, high production value? Um, we sought out uh, professional home studios throughout Portland, Oregon, and there are actually quite a few. Um, you know, professional musicians and um, you know, sound engineers who you know work out of um, Rewired basements, or in um, you know, or in professional you know locations, um, you know, using the latest in you know home computing technology, mixing that with um, heavy-duty professional sound and recording equipment, um, you know, to create you know to create you know professional CD quality sound. Um, I'm just as much you know inspired by you know, things like Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon yeah. as I am from Orson Welles in the Mercury Theater. Yeah, and you uh, definitely you weren't going to be happy with a, something that sort of sounded like it was recorded at the bottom of a well then. I don't know, I've heard a few podcasts like that. Sometimes that's the best you could do, and if it's a good story, you know, you'll get pulled in no matter how good, it's, how good or bad it sounds. Right, right. Um, and so uh, did you... How about with uh, effects and whatnot? Did you uh, uh, create, uh, invent, <laughs> bash things, or uh, or how, how did uh, all those elements pu- get pulled together? Um, a lot of the effects we used are actually from um, professional uh, CD collections. Sometimes we have had to improvise, um, you know, uh, effects for ourselves. You know, anything as simple as. Uh, you know, uh, a handful of keys to, you know, some of the more really bizarre, you know, graphic things that you would expect to hear in a modern horror story. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with the scoring as well? Um, yeah. Um, uh, on, on the first disc, we, you know, uh, we, uh, we, we approached a, a guy who, 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 uh, Grew to be, you know, actually, uh, every time we've, we've we've approached, you know, composers and would, you know, go talk to them about doing work for us, you know, we would end up getting these really rather close friendships. So, uh, uh, you know, once, you know, once we were able to, like, you know, to talk to somebody who 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 is much more, you know, better versed in in 
in the language of music, no pun intended. Right. Uh, you know, than we are. Um, you know, you know, someone who's willing to, you know, to, to tolerate us when we ask about what does this thing about the minor key mean? Right. You know, does it sound better? Um, you know, so you figure it's like, you know, once we get past that stage, um, we, we, you know, we tend to, to get some, some, some really amazing music. Uh, Mark Rose, who, who's done, you know, some, some work at uh, Dry Smoke and Whispers and uh, the Willamette Radio Workshop, um, has been a really great help in this respect. Um, you know, some of his work on, uh, on the uh, next After Health uh, for Volume 3 um, has been, you know, has been more more than anything I could have hoped for because he understands some of the really weird ref you know cultural and movie references that I'm using for the for that story yeah and he's integrating that into the music so it's perfect great and uh, so where do your actors come from I see that uh, some of it is produced in Boston is the rest of it all uh, Northwest based still um, yeah ninety um, percent of it is all in in the Portland, Oregon area, we have an amazing theater community of, of actors who uh, are criminally neglected by the rest of the country, if I may say so. Um, <laughs> but I'm but I'm from Portland, so I you know I, of course I'm going to say that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but um, uh, mostly by virtue of of the Willamette Radio Workshop, we were able you know we were able to to reach them to to, to discuss our projects with them. And see uh, who is available and is is you know has has the time you know to to come on board and help us out. Um, and more often than not, um, you know we've gotten some amazing talent who have really supported uh, not just individual projects, but what you know whatever we're doing. Well, and they find uh, it easy or difficult to move to the uh, audio medium from whatever else they're used to. Actually, a lot of them are trained, you know, in, in voice acting specifically. So, um, you know, for for uh, you know for 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 radio ads or voiceovers for for television. So it's not too much of a stretch for them. Um, yeah, the real challenge is is getting them used to the whole idea of, of this, you know, uh, of the material, since it's like you know, horror is just an antenna, you know, uh, uh, by its very nature, kind of you know, kind of a really you know. Uh, socially inappropriate genre. Right. Let me put it that way. Yeah, a little more shocking than your average car ad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, on our on, on the rehearsal for for the first uh, for the first volume, uh, yeah, a lady we we brought on um, at the last minute who who you know who turned out to you know to uh, be really valuable for our second volume. Um, you know, asked me. Somewhat tongue in cheek. I think she was kidding on the square. She asked me, um, "Were you beaten as a child?" <laughs> yes. Well, I think every writer has their beaten as a child aspect, or else it wouldn't be that too <laughs> uh, worth listening to. So, uh, how do you how do you feel about uh, some of your contemporaries? Then, is there other? Uh, you know, obviously have your group there in, in the Northwest. Uh, do you have other people uh, currently as well that you think are uh, pretty interesting going on? Um. Yeah, Greg Taylor um, with um, his work on uh, decodering theater. I haven't had a chance to hear that much of it, but it's just you know, um, you know, just even, even a drop of it is like nectar. Yeah, you know, it, it's just so, you know such, such fun stuff. Um, um, you know, I I just I just wish I had more time to like you know get re- you know deeper into into the kind of podcasts and um, radio productions that are out there. 
Yeah. And that's uh, something that I, I think is interesting to touch on is uh, how podcasting is both, you know, opening up the door for audio dramatists, but also uh, making it so there's so much content that it's hard to keep up with it all. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's just kind of, you know, um, cursed by our own success. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. And so uh, any other thoughts then on uh, After Hell? And uh, maybe if people haven't checked out your work, you can go to afterhell.com, spelled pretty much like it sounds. Um, you've got a great bunch of information there about the productions, um, your live journal. Of course, you can uh, purchase CDs. Is there anywhere else to hear your work or any other things you'd like to point uh, listeners on to? Well, let's see. Um, we got, you know, uh, a, a few, you know, a, a few things that uh, people can buy by way of merchandising through through Cafe Press. Um, you know, stickers, T-shirts, and that kind of thing. Um, uh, but but mostly we're we're just trying to to uh, you know we encourage people to uh, give us a listen, take a walk on the edge, be willing to you know expose themselves to to you know, to some serious audio nightmare material. Great. Well, uh, thanks so much then, uh, both for your work and for your taking your time uh, to talk to us. And uh, all, as well as doing your great work, we really definitely look forward to uh, Volume 3, and I hope people who uh, want to hear the whole unedited version uh, go check out uh, your work on AfterHell.com as well. Yeah, thanks, Fred. I appreciate it. All right, it's a pleasure. Have a good one. You too. And again, that was uh, Joe Medina, creator of the After Hell series, a rather dark twist, the Twilight Zone or Out of Limits kind of show. Uh, tell you what, we still have a few minutes in today's show, so I'll play another episode off of Volume 2 of the After Hell series. This one's called Dead Peasants. And uh, sensitive, young, or viewers of any decency whatsoever, be strongly advised. Probably not the production for you. Uh, a little gruesome, but I uh, hope you enjoy. Greetings, friends. From the world that follows your deluded age, belief, knowledge, and denial, none of it can stop the change. The change from Earth to New Hell. <laughs> you don't agree? Then lend us your ears. Listen and see. This is the forsaken future to come. This is the After Hell. Good morning, friends. I asked Bob, your store manager, if I could lead today's morning pep talk. I won't take long. I think I saw some customers driving into the parking lot already. My name is Douglas R. Levin. I'm the vice president of regional active finance. Thank you, friends. Thank you. Bob tells me you brought in some good sales numbers yesterday. Give yourselves a round of applause. You've earned it. Real sunny people. That's great. Now we need your help. You see, quarterly sales figures have dropped. They're down. So we need to boost our daily numbers. And I need some go-getters. Can you help us out? Okay, here's the plan. A while ago, Shop and Mart took insurance policies worth about $34,000 on all of its employees. Hold on. 
Now, these aren't your typical life insurance policies. Folks in the industry call them dead peasant policies. Basically, it means you're all worth more to us dead than alive. So our plan is to liquidate those assets. Think about it. If you fail to hit your daily quotas, we'll just cut our losses. Everyone here will be fired. That'll disqualify you from severance packages, medical plans, all of it. Now we've all got debts to pay. Most of you are parents and part-time retirees. You have kids, responsibilities. You know what you have to do. Now that's dedication. Thank you, my friend. Okay, everybody, let's get to work. Give those customers some shiny smiles. Bob, wait, look, she's not dead, she's moving. Now she's eligible for workers' comp, or worse. There you go. Thanks, Bob. Attention, shoppers and store employees. Just a quick announcement. Only dismembered heads will be accepted as proof of a liquidated employee. Also, a reminder, customers can earn premiums such as coupons, prizes, and a free trip out of the building. Welcome to Shopping Mart. I'm Shirley. Can I... Can I help you? Yes. Yes. Help me, please. I don't... I'm not sure where I am. You're on top of the customer service desk, sir. Okay. Okay. Listen. I... I, I was fighting someone for this. I, I think I'm... going into shock. Quick. Focus on me. Would you like to exchange this item for one of our premiums? For God's sake, lady, I'm dying! No need to shout, sir. My legs are gone! Looks like I with the damn chainsaw. Look, I got the damn hand now! Let me out! Maybe I can help you. Can you see behind me, sir? Can you see all the body parts piled up back there? My socks! My legs! Right there! Fantastic. Now, I just need to see some ID. It's there! In my pockets! Mine! I'm sorry. It's store policy. I have to see identification before I can return lost items. Give me legs! I know they're birthmark on the right side! Oh, I'm sorry, sir, but I cannot help you! Unless you can show me no. some identification. Can I help the next person in line, please? Effectus dolore amegustata. 
facilices illum erlie dolore magna persequor in signo. Ut preis, ut preis, ut preisum jaceg! Elder of the Worm, I welcome thee. I offer on behalf of the Board of Directors the sacrifice we owe you. Unfortunately, this poses a problem for us. But Master, when they're all dead, that'll be the end of our revenue stream. Please, my company has been loyal. We've made great profits and great strides in your service. We need your help. I beg you. What's that? They're alive again? It's a miracle. Thank you, Great Elder. Thank you. We'll prove ourselves worthy of this gift. You'll see. As long as there's a prophet in it, their suffering shall never end. It is said, the love of money is the root of all evil. And this new world, this after hell, grows from seeds planted long ago. In the earth you tread, and there is more to come. just heard After Hell, Dead Peasants, written and directed by Joseph Medina. Featured in the cast were David Loftus as Levin, Susan Chapman as Shirley, DJ Childs as The Customer, and Sam A. Mowry as The Narrator. Our recording engineer was Mark Rose. Sound mixing and post-production by Doug Krebs at DIG Recording in Portland, Oregon. After Hell themes by Kurt Siffert. Music by Mark Rose. After Hell was produced by Jamie Lawson and Joseph Medina of Olean Productions, with special thanks to the Willamette Radio Workshop, now online at www.radiowork.com. For more on this program, go to www.afterhell.com. And again, that was a piece called Dead Peasants by uh, After Hell Series, AfterHell.com. We spoke with the creator of Joe Medina just a little bit earlier on the show here. 
Anyways, next week I'll be out of the land of cottonmouths, bullfrogs, and back to coastal Maine, fresh with lots of audio blurbs and blips from the one and only National Audio Theater Festival. I don't exactly know what we'll hear for that episode, but it'll be a half hour of created sound during a week when coast-to-coast radio addicts like myself get together, so it promises to be nothing else but uh, something not to be missed. Uh, that's next week. In the meantime, you can see your cravings for more audio stories, news, reviews, and discussion at the podcast and blog, www.radiodramarevival.com. We're also on the iTunes store. Do a search for Radio Drama Revival. You can also email me your thoughts, requests, or condemnation at fred at radiodramarevival.com. That does it for today's show. Until next week, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week.